0: How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. The big talk taking over our country this past week has been systemic racism. But what about systemic pandering? Either way you look at it, our country, America, is spiraling out of control, acts of violence everywhere, and they're said to be the result of years of frustration plain and simple, to me, that's a load of crap. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right, where do I start? Well, let me say this. I had full intentions a few days ago of my podcast, this week, get a load of this, being about Major League Baseball and is there going to be a season and, and players being selfish, and it took, it just took this horrific situation, this George Floyd situation, and what has happened in the aftermath, and <laughs> sorry, Major League Baseball just isn't that important. And, and if you recall, last week my podcast was Sports Ain't No Diversion. Well, we got our diversion from the pandemic this week, folks. Yes, indeed, we got our diversion from the pandemic this week. And and I will say this, in my lifetime, in my lifetime, this has been the worst week. This has been, in my lifetime, the worst week I have ever seen in our country. And I've seen some awful, awful things. You know, the most prominent one, I mean, when I say the most prominent one, but the first prominent one in my lifetime was JFK being shot, being assassinated. I remember where I was. I, I was between classes, walking on the steps. At Marine Park Junior High School in Brooklyn, when a a guy by the name of Larry Glassman, never forget his name, kid in the neighborhood, told me, Kennedy's dead. When I heard Kennedy's dead, I thought maybe a teacher, there was a teacher in the school by the name of Kennedy. But no, the president was assassinated. I remember where I was hearing about Martin Luther King being assassinated. I was a junior at Brooklyn Tech. I remember coming to school the next day and seeing the anguish on all my black friends' faces. Anguish and despair. It was terrible. That was a bad week. A few months later, and that happened in April, a few months later in June, I remember my father, let him him rest in peace, woke me up, to tell me Robert Kennedy Jr. had been assassinated. That was bad. Bad week. I remember being in my first year in college and seeing what happened at Kent State. And and, and kids being shot, I remember how bad that was that was bad. The horror of 9-11. I mean, 3,000-some-odd people perished. I remember the USO calling me and asking me to go down a week later to talk to the workers, the iron workers, trying to fix things. I remember the despair on all the people's faces. That was bad. But I'm going to tell you, in my mind, in my gut, this week was worse. This past week has been worse. Because, you know, 9-11 was an attack on our country from outside forces. It's terrible. Those lives are gone, never to be brought back. But what I have seen this week, it's been an attack on our country from within. It's sickening. I, I cannot believe, well, our country is in disarray. But, you know, just from a call it personal or selfish standpoint of view, my city, what I grew up in, New York, what the hell it's become, Now let's start with George Floyd. There is no ifs, ends, or buts about it. To call it an horrific situation and horrific death is putting it mildly. What should happen to the cop? I wouldn't care. Death by lethal, lethal injection, stoning. The chair, hanging, drowning. I couldn't give a shit what happens to him. And as far as I'm concerned, the three fellow cops with him uh, are accomplices. There's no doubt about it. Nobody is condoning that. But the, 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 the violence that I have seen, the destruction that I have seen, I mean, we're talking destruction. I don't want to just put a dollar sign on it in, in terms of millions and billions of dollars. I'm talking about the destruction of people's lives. And don't give me any crap that it's an isolated incident. Oh, it's just a handful of people. That's more than a damn handful of people that I'm seeing night in and night out. Busting down stores. And, and it's awful. Listen, what they've done to Macy's. And, and, and forget the luxury stores. You know what breaks my heart even worse? The mom and pop stores. The people have busted their ass. Sweat put their lives in a hock, did everything they could, their dream to build stores, to to build a life for themselves, only to have it destroyed by their own people of their own communities? Somebody explain the justification of that. Somebody please explain to me the justification of that. Because it boggles my mind. People within their own communities, whether it's New York, Minneapolis, I I mean, the the, the streets in Minneapolis, there's one specific street where just immigrants from Somalia, people have come come to this country for 20-some-odd years from nothing, built something, and now it's destroyed, it's gone? Because people are using this as an excuse? They're not honoring they are not honoring George Floyd. Let's make that very clear. Now I'm not when I say they, I'm not talking about everybody. So let's not misconstrue. I'm talking about the, the people who are causing all this violence and don't give me that crap that it's a handful. They're not honoring George Floyd. They're using George Floyd. They're using it as an excuse. And speaking of excuses, you know, it incensed me when that dopey mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Frey, whatever the hell his name is, said, this is the result of 400 years of frustration. That's why I use the term systemic pandering. 400 years of frustration, my ass. These... People causing this violence, you think they give a shit about 400 years of frustration? They're looking for a damn excuse. And when I say systemic pandering, I mean allowing it to happen because you want to be politically correct. That goes to the politicians, that goes to members of the media. It is a disgrace. I'm hearing our governor, Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo. First of all, he decides to make the this brilliant remark. This was happened on. He declared a curfew on Monday night because of what happened on Sunday night. Oh, you mean Saturday night wasn't bad enough, or Friday night? You wanted to wait. And now, because he's such a big, tough guy, he decided, well, today I'm going to be even tougher. I'm going to make it an 8 o'clock curfew. You know what that is? He panders. He, he made, in his one of his ongoing, nauseating press conferences, day in and day out, and if you remember, folks, when the pandemic first started, I was praising Cuomo. I was praising Cuomo and Trump together for showing how they were getting along, how leadership should act on both sides, left and right. But now, Cuomo, I mean, he's, he starts saying, No, and watch what you're going to see. People are going to say it's criminal for what is being done. They're going to use this as an excuse to call the looting criminal. The protest. It's not an excuse. It is criminal. Five people, 140 140 cities as of the last count in this country have been in an uproar. Five lives have been taken away, dead, because of this violence. And we're going to call it, oh, because it's a protest. It's a protest because of George Floyd. That's a bullshit excuse. That's all it is. There's no doubt. George Floyd shouldn't happen, should never happen, should never happen again. Probably will happen again. Hate to say it, but it is, I'll tell you what's criminal. What's criminal is just to give it a a pass like a slap on the hand. Two lawyers, not just any lawyers, two educated lawyers, all right? Two educated lawyers in New York City threw Molotov cocktails. Okay, we're talking about Princeton educated. Through Molotov cocktails in a car, at a car, fortunately, nobody was hurt. Fortunately, nobody was hurt. Now, to me, you throw a Molotov cocktail, that is an attempt of murder and destruction. A judge releases them? What, a day later on, on $250,000 bond? That, to me, is systemic pandering. What, because you're afraid of being called, ooh, you, you, you're a white racist? And the media? Listen, I didn't vote for Trump. I voted the last two presidents. I voted for Obama. And, and when Trump ran, I voted for Hillary Clinton. But, but I have to tell you, if, if you hate Trump, God bless, you're entitled. You, fine with me, it, you, you are entitled to your opinion. I don't have to agree with you but you're entitled to your opinion. Just like you're entitled, if you want to vote left, you want to vote right, that's what this country is all about. And quite frankly, too many people take that for granted. Because if these protests were going on someplace else, you'd see what would happen to those people. But, I'll give you an example. Anderson Cooper who, to me, just proved that he's nothing more than a highbrow so-called journalist. He criticized Trump, President Trump, for calling a 7 o'clock curfew on Monday, for calling a 7 p.m. curfew, uh, and for telling the governors and, and of, of this country that you need to dominate. Who was he talking about? He was talking about these thugs, these animals. And yes, the people who are causing, not the protesters, the people who are causing the violence are animals. They belong to be locked up in cages, okay? Not the protesters who are protesting civilly, I'm talking about the animals who are causing the violence, who are causing the destruction, who are causing the mayhem. But what does, what does Anderson Cooper say? He says, the president locks down a city at 7 o'clock because he doesn't want peaceful protesters. He, he wants to dominate the black community. And then he goes on to say the president is hiding. It's big because the president is hiding in a bunker. The president is hiding in a bunker. I am... Folks, you can be the most ardent enemy of President Trump. The most ardent enemy. It is just awful that the president of your country... Was taken into a bunker with his wife because the people who guard him felt it was unsafe for him. When you, your country gets to that point, you got a big time problem, friend or foe. You never, ever want that to happen. But this moron, this guy who calls himself a journalist says that's because he's hiding in a bunker? All that is, is pandering to your politically correct story. All that is, is pandering. That's what I call systemic pandering. And it permeates throughout the media in our country. You've heard me talk about this time and time again. It's it's the truth. And the politicians are doing the same thing. Let me say the politically correct thing. That's what they think. Let me say the politically correct thing. This is a horror. This can't happen. Oh, this, this. The, the, the. Racism. This. Of course. Racism is god-awful. Nobody's got to tell me about racism. I grew up with it. I grew up reading all about the marches in, in Selma and in Birmingham. I grew up reading about the t- two black people tr- being the first two trying to get into uh, University of Alabama and Governor George Wallace trying to block them at the entrance. I remember the dogs and, and the fire hoses and the people at lunch counters and uh, and buses. I grew up with that. I know a hell of a lot. I guarantee you I know a hell of a lot more about that, about racism, than some of these people protesting who don't know shit about it. But you know what? The last time I looked in the mirror, I looked... I said, you know what? There's a white guy looking back at me. So I can't get in the skin of a black person. So what do you do when you can't get in the skin of a black person? Well, then you try and talk to a black person or black folks and try and understand where they're coming from. I do that. And and you know what? I did it again last night. Some of you people might be familiar with George Martin. Some of you may not. George Martin was a terrific New York Giant. Defensive end for the New York Giants on their very first Super Bowl championship team with Bill Parcells, the first one. In fact, George Martin was the guy who Parcells asked to present him at his Hall of Fame induction. Didn't ask Lawrence Taylor, a Hall of Famer. Didn't ask Harry Carson, a Hall of Famer. Didn't ask Phil Sims. Asked George Martin. And I remember many, many a time Bill telling me, and I, I could not have done and said some of the things I said in that locker room if it wasn't for George Martin. Quite frankly, folks, George Martin is one of the finest people I have ever met in my life. One of the finest. And I, I've always discussed, and also George Martin, in case you don't know, George Martin walked across America. Yep, George Martin walked across America. It took him 10 months to do so. 3,000, I think it was 3,003 miles to be exact. 24 pairs of shoes later, dropped about 40 pounds. Why did he walk across America? To raise something like $6, 7000000 million for first responders who are having health problems because of 9-11. He wasn't walking, you know, there wasn't a stipulation they had to be black, white, green, blue, turquoise, whatever, polka dot, stripes. But that's what he did. Anyway... When all this was going on, you know, this week, I said, i got to talk to George, because George and I have conversations now and then. George has been um, uh, one of the founders. He had a foundation kind of on hold now just because he's now living out in California. Uh, it was called MAN, Minority Athletes Network. And uh, you know, him and Harry Carson were behind it. In fact, with um, Ed Mullins, who's the head of the... Sergeant's uh, Benevolent uh, Police Benevolent Association. So he's a friend of the cops. And, uh, you know, who was helping his community. But anyway, George is a good guy for me to talk about racism because he's been through things that I've never been through. And we were going over it last night, the two of us who were on the phone. And, you know, he, he gave me... Some of his examples about what it's like that I can never feel, or if you're white, you can never feel. He was raised, uh, born in um, South Carolina. He remember his mom telling him, don't ever look at a white woman because they'll hang you. No, you or me <laughs> might not get that. But he got it. He also told me the story about when he was in the seventh grade sitting at a school basketball game cheering for his team when some parent on the other team didn't like him cheering so loud and told him to shut up. Otherwise, I'll blank your N-word face. He told me those stories. He told me those stories about living in Ringwood, New Jersey, for eight years, taking a walk one summer night with his wife, and somebody in the neighborhood who was just move, uh, new moved in, and they were on their porch. Now, this is in Ringwood in a real nice neighborhood, and sees Big George walking with his wife, and the the, the woman, not the man, the woman hollers, What are you doing here in this neighborhood? See, those are some of the scars of racism. Those are some of the scars of racism. And George has felt it. George will tell me the stories even today. Russ, I can be in a grocery store, I can be in a supermarket, or I can be in a store walking down an aisle, and there's little Johnny or little Janie you know, sees me in the aisle and walks near me, and right away the mom says, "Oh, Johnny, Jamie, come here. She did this uneasiness because I'm a big black man. That's systemic racism. I understand that. George has told me the story of being a giant. And and, in today's day, being a big black man, driving a luxury car, being stopped, and asked to get out of the car. That's systemic racism. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. And George and I have discussed this many times. Does he live with scars of racism as a result of it? You bet he does. But he doesn't live with Bitterness. He doesn't live with bitterness. He appalls what's going on today. He knows that racism exists. Does racism exist within the police department or police departments? I'm sure it does because police departments are a microcosm of our society. And racism exists within our society. Any Anybody who says that is not the case would be a fool. But when you say the police go out with intent, it's systemic racism against black people, that I don't buy. Let me give you some examples, okay? This is according to uh, some statistics in the Washington Post, which is as liberal and left as liberal and left can be. In 2019, I'm not making these numbers up, folks. In 2019, uh, you, you had about 10, 10 million. Uh, there were 10 million police arrests in the country. Um, fatal shootings, oh, 1,004. Of the 1,004. 370 were white. 235 were black. Of the unarmed, the unarmed people who were shot, the 41 were unarmed. 19 were white. Nine were black. In 2018, there were 992 fatal shootings. 451 were white. 229 were black. 47 of the 992 of those shootings, fatal shootings, were unarmed. 23 were white. 17 were black. My point that I'm bringing out, the cops do not go out and target. I want to go out and get me a black person today. Now, again, the George Floyd death is, is just, it, it leaves you speechless. It's an awful, awful thing that occurred. It should never, ever have happened. But it happened. And as soon as it happened, I looked at my wife and said, uh-oh, watch what's going to happen. I, I knew it was going to be, you know, uh, protest. I had no idea that this was going to happen the way it has, has happened. Not in a million years could I have thought of this. Not, not in a million years. So as I'm saying, my point that I'm saying, and I've discussed this, as I said, with George Martin, yes, racism exists. Racism is systemic. If you don't think that's the case, then you're a fool. But don't tell me it's just it's systemic within the police departments because I don't buy that. And what really, quite frankly, offends me Look, you, you want to have a movement? Have your movement on the Black Lives Matter's website. Well, first of all, Rashida Talib from uh, Representative—you know, she was part of the the—we call it the ISIS for her, uh, AOC, Ayanna Presley, and Ilan Omar. She she wants to send out a petition. For the black, she wants. She's supporting the Black Lives Matter petition to defund police departments across the country. Defund police departments across the country. All right. According to the, this petition on Black Lives Matter, I quote: "George Floyd's violent death was a breaking point, point. An all too familiar reminder that for Black people." Law enforcement doesn't protect or save our lives. They often threaten and take them. Hmm. Let's see now. How come nobody does a survey and polls black people who, whose lives have been protected and their lives have been saved by police? How come nobody does that? How come the media doesn't do that? How come? See, th- 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 it goes on to say, right now, Minneapolis and cities across our country are on fire, and our people are hurting. The violence against Black bodies felt in the ongoing mass disobedience, all while we all while we grapple with a pandemic that is disproportionately affecting, infecting, and killing us. Disproportionately. Well, I just gave you numbers. That says different. Part of the problem with systemic pandering is because, and it's embarrassing to say, and it sickens me, and it it permeates the media because black-white racism is sexy. It's juicy for the media to run with. That's what they do. They lap it up like, like dogs who haven't been haven't been fed in days. They jump all over it. White on white is no good. Black on black is no good. Got to be black-white. That is what I call systemic pandering. Of course, black-white is sexy. Hey, remember the Jesse Smollett situation? Remember that? It was real sexy and juicy for the media to think this poor young actor, this gay black man, was treated this way because of who he is when it was a hoax. And then after it was discovered that it was a hoax, it was like, who gives a shit anymore? That, that was a clear example of the media. I'll give you another example of the media. It was two thousand. It was I remember it because I was filling in for Bernie and Sid on, um, you know, in the morning show on WABC. It was New Year's Eve morning, December thirty first, two thousand and eighteen. Jasmine Barnes, a young seven year old girl, was in a car with her mom early, early morning with her mom and three sisters. And Jasmine was shot dead because somebody shot in a car driving by, shot in a car, and she was killed. And for two days, I mean, the news was leading with it. news was leading with it. Why was the news leading with it? Because apparently, and this was according to one of the sisters of poor Jasmine Bars, who who for some unspeakable reason was gunned down. Seven years old, life snuffed away. According to the sister, it was a white man in a hood who shot in the car. Yes, I could look And made eye contact. I can look into his blue eyes. A couple of days later. The suspect. Was found. Two suspects. The shooter and the accomplice. Both were black. Stop being a front page story. Stop being a leading the news story. Why? Because it was no longer sexy. It wasn't white on black it was black on black when it's a white black crime then it's sexy we hear these shootings these, these kids caught in crossfires in black neighborhoods day in and day out oh it's like commonplace if it's white black it's a different story the thing, folks, that I call systemic pandering. Again, you don't like Donald Trump. I get accused of being a Trumpster, which is is the biggest farce. I've never been a Republican. But I get accused because I don't like what's happening to what was my party that I grew up with. Everybody's blaming Trump for this. Well, you want to know what? Minneapolis's mayor and governor, are they Democrats? You bet you they are. New York's mayor, see a Democrat? Is New York's governor a Democrat? You bet you they are. Remember something, Andrew Cuomo is the same, he, oh, these are just, you know, protesters, they should have the right to protest. This is the same guy who's allowed, because of his bail reform, has allowed all these criminals back on the street. He, 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 he talks big now, but you know... Remember all those, maybe you don't, all those anti-Semitic attacks that were going on in this country, which were black anti-Semitic attacks? Remember those? And some of them were the result of people being let out. And then if if they were caught, they did it again and again. But... Governor Cuomo was quiet like a church mouse when that stuff was going on. It's, again, it's what I call systemic pandering. This is terrible. What has happened to this country, it's heartbreaking. I cannot believe it. And to be a cop in this city, in this country now... What, what, what angered me as much as anything when, when George Floyd was killed was, oh, my God, what's going to happen to the rest of the cops in this country that, that all of a sudden cops are evil? I need to see some 19, 20-year-old kid walking around that cops are pigs and this. Like Really? You know about this stuff? You don't know Shit. And you want to voice your opinion, voice your opinion with talking to people and understanding. Don't just talk about the black community. Go in and live amongst the black community. Talk to them. Talk with them. Not about them and offer an opinion that you don't know shit about. It's all what I call systemic pandering. Because you think it's like in vogue. It's the politically correct thing to do. This country needs police. This country needs police. How about, and I said this a year ago. If you remember last summer, remember when the cops in New York, it was ha ha, they're, they're walking, and they were cops of color. Some of them, they were walking in the community and having people come by and throw buckets of water on them and people laughing, ha, 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 and people getting in their faces and they just did nothing but walked away. And I said to myself right then and there, and I've said it on the air, that is just an accident waiting to happen. It's a spark that is going to explode. What would have happened, I said at the time, had one of those cops fallen on the ground, been on the ground, and people around them throwing water on him. And you're fearing for your life, and you're fearing for your safety. So a gun gets pulled. Then what happens? Oh, the the a cop's a bad guy? A police car cruiser was was surrounded and being rocked and 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 so the, the cruiser plowed through ahead nobody was hurt killed nobody was hurt plowed through ahead through the crowd and AOC says oh that cops they should be arrested there's no justice for that okay there's no justice for that this is what she says she doesn't say nothing about the people rocking the car or, or, or throwing things at the car. They shouldn't be arrested. And if I put this out on Twitter, I would say it to each and every one of you listening here, if you think differently. Be in a car with members of your family. Being surrounded by people threatening you, throwing things at you. Tell me what you would do. Now, be honest, because i tell you what I would do. I'd do just what the cops did. I'd plow straight ahead. You're threatening me. I'm threatening you. Now, again, I talk about systemic racism. It exists. Racism exists. Do I think there are racist cops? I'm sure there are, because, again, it's a microcosm of society. So that would have to be or should be weeded out. But having said that, don't tell me that police in general are racist and they're racist against black people because, as I just I showed you the numbers, you can give me tell me what police are. They're going against black people, but the numbers tell you it's more white people. Eric Adams, Brooklyn Borough President, black man, spoke with him several times. Brooklyn Borough President wants to be the next mayor. Rose through the ranks of the police department, left as a captain. Time and time again, I've, we've had him, I've had him on my show time and time again. He talks about how the New York City Police Department are the most underpaid or one of the most underpaid departments in the country. After five years, you're making $51,000. Are, are you kidding me? And to put up with the shit that they're putting up with, in particular this week? But again, the media will jump all over it because, as I say, I call it systemic pandering. Uh, And I'm talking about print, electronic, whatever, and the politicians. That's what I'm talking about. If it's black and white, it's sexy. Listen. If that was a white man it wouldn't have been a story if george floyd was white it would not have been a story and i'll tell you something else i'm a little disappointed in some black leaders if for no other reason if for no other reason just to quell what is going on in this country haven't come forward. I would like to see a former President Barack Obama come forward. You don't have to say a word about Trump. You don't have to say a word about any other politician. You just got to say, come on, people. We're better than this. Oprah Winfrey, who I greatly admire, greatly admire, who is certainly been big in in helping the black community with their success Oprah come out tell people to calm down this is not how this is not how you win friends and influence people because you know what this is also doing this is also building systemic racism from the other side that's what this is doing. When all this violence, what do you all this violence and, and the, the smashing stores and steal? Oh yeah, this is that's going to help me. Let me go. I'm, I'm looking at a picture right now, front page of the Daily News. Guys walking out. Yeah, that that that's making him feel better. That's going to ease his frustration of 400 years. By coming out running out with a new pair of sneakers. Yeah, that does it. Oh, yeah, i got a couple of new Rolexes. I mean, folks, all this is doing is playing to the bad stereotypes that people have. And, and, and if you, you want to get rid of those stereotypes and that systemic racism, then don't play into it. But going ahead and smashing windows and stealing stores and looting and and especially in your own community you're just adding to it you're not solving anything you're creating more of it you don't want racism then don't give people a reason to have racism now don't get me wrong don't misread what I just said there are people who suffer racism for no reason whatsoever and you should never have to suffer from it but if you're going to act like that like like these animals why say should be caged life's a bitch but again systemic pandering that's the pandemic that we're really suffering with now because it doesn't solve anything it it's just phony, bullshit, lip service. It's not politically correct. It's politically incorrect. At least if you were honest and look in the mirror and tell yourself that. But anyway, folks, enough of that. This has been the worst week I could ever remember. So for now, that's a wrap right here. I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I like to get a load of you. Please let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks, as always, to my main man, Matt Meany, who takes such good care of me, to my 77 WABC program director, Dave Labrosi, his outstanding assistant PD, Matt Dahl, to the president and GM of W abc radio chad lopez and last but certainly not least a great big thank you to you people out there because without you people out there i'd have nobody in here to be talking to so until next time it is i russ alsberg saying to all of you bye bye so long and farewell talk to you next time please stay safe and stay